you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric B. Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. the Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Welcome to Monday, and uh, we're looking forward to spending this week with you, Mm -hmm. looking at the issues uh, through a biblical lens, asking questions about how we live and engage for the glory of God, like genuinely trying to live authentic Christian lives. Yes. Um, Too often we are, you know, looking and listening to people who say they want to bring their full selves out into... (laughs) Uh, they want to bring their full selves out into the larger culture Uh, well i mean but they don't have to (laughs) but the christians are the ones who do though like we you know we we think authenticity is like the call for everyone but it's only the call for some people Hmm. and uh one of the things that we push um on this program unapologetically is um (laughs) bring your full self yeah uh out into the public square you're a christian let your light shine let that's, your light shine. Our, Amen. That's the biblical that's call. Jesus, but, you know. Amen. 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 <laughs> and 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 even that, you know, I think sometimes is not is not happening. So we want to encourage you um to live for the glory of God. Like notice how when we're talking about these issues, we are talking about these issues first and foremost as Christians. That should be the way that we um set out to live and it should be as Mm. natural to us as breathing the questions that come to our mind when we're looking at what's happening in the culture around us when we're looking at current events when we're looking at what's going on in politics and government the questions should almost automatically be man what are the biblical implications of that like you know does scripture speak to that at all what is my call as a follower of the lord jesus christ like Mm. what what should it look like me living biblically in this particular situation. And yeah. so that's going to dictate how you respond to coworkers. That's going to dictate how you respond to your family. And uh, anyway, I just think if more Christians were doing that, we probably would not be in the situation that we're in, or it would take a little bit longer for us to get here. I mean, you know, we deal with the wickedness of man. There's going to be moral decline. Mm. It's just true. There's yeah. going to be moral decline. It's that actually is, that actually is systemic. <laughs> sin is actually oh, systemic in the DNA. it's in the dna oh, and so goodness. things do decline like that mm. you know people but they don't like to talk about that they're like no it's not you know like it's <laughs> it's only what they say is in the system but sin actually is in the system which is why you see um there's always a decline you don't have to um you don't have to go out and intentionally mess up like say your garage or mess up your living room it just naturally happens. It's such a picture of just chaos in the world, right? Like Mm. you have to work to keep things in order and to keep things neat. Um, but decline just happens and it's, it's systemic. Yes. All right. So today's, uh, show topic, when he is fully trained, when Mm. he is fully trained, I was thinking about this because of some of the, um, the articles that will the great presented and even one of our listeners, um, Tony and Metri, uh, <laughs> yes. Shout out, brother. We appreciate you. Keeps us on our toes by sending us articles periodically. He knows um, the type of information that is on our radar, 
and what we like to equip our listeners with. And so, and, and, and in fact, let me say many of you know those things and you guys will send us articles um, with, you know, questions like, have you seen this? Are you guys planning to talk about this? You know? And so we appreciate it. Uh, but the question is, um, what will um, our kids be like? And what will a society be like? Well, the society will be like the people who make it up, mm-hmm. right? So you don't, you don't have, <laughs> this is totally for fun. Okay. What I'm about <laughs> to say, you don't have a disembodied society. It's not just this like, you know, whatever that you can't put your hands on. It is made up of people. Right. And the culture is made up of people. And yeah. so when you see a decline, it's because there's a decline in people. Right. And then that just has a way of spreading. Now, in Luke chapter six, verse 40, the Lord Jesus explains a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Mm. So today we need to be asking the question, um, so what will our kids be like? Mm. Like what, you know, what will our kids be like? Like what, what will, um, and we say Lord willing, because we don't know, like we don't presume that, you know, there is a tomorrow. We don't, you know, so Lord willing, what will our kids be like tomorrow? And, and of course I, I don't mean that literally tomorrow, but I mean down the line, what will our kids be like? Well, there are people who have a vested interest in, um, ensuring that our kids are like them. Okay. So what do they do? They seek to fully train your children. They seek to fully indoctrinate your children. They understand some things that we do not understand Mm. or what is, what is worse. We just don't care. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so we have to look at what's going on around us. Like we take all of these stories and we put them together. And then we ask the question, uh, when he is fully trained, what will he be like? What Man. will he be like? You know, go ahead, Will. No, I'm just saying, speaking of being fully trained, I'm, I'm just thinking about something that was said yesterday at church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Abraham was uh, mentioning about, and I've talked about this too before, um, Daniel and his Hebrew companions, you know, mm-hmm. and how before they even were taken captive into Babylon, they had already been fully trained Come on. in the ways of God, you know, and, um, and so when they were brought into Babylon, Babylon didn't get into them because they were already trained Come on. by what their parents and, and their people, you know, in their community and everything had 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 trained them in, you know. And it was it, it was highly likely that Daniel and his companions, their parents probably were killed, mm-hmm. you know. But the question was raised, what caliber of parent, you know, was raising Daniel and his companions because when they... At, at a young age, went into Babylon, they were not affected by the culture. Mm, man, I'm telling you. And, and, and so this goes back to something that we have discussed, I think that tends to make people nervous. We think that just sending our very, very little kids out, that they're already ready, mm. right? But we skip the step of fully training them, almost mm. sort of like a spiritual inoculation, where you're saying, yeah. this is what the world is going to offer to yeah. you. Um, But before you go into that situation, you need to be ready for combat with truth right here is the truth. And so we got to put in the work now, now before we get into some of these stories here, we Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, when he is fully trained, you know, what our kids will be like, because they do have, they do have an end, Mm. right? Yeah. And, and you can just insert wherever, whatever you want for the, they, but it's anybody that is operating opposite the cross. They Mm. remember we talk about this. What is the us and what is the them? Right. Right. We only have two categories of people. 
Right. The saved and the unsaved. Right. Guys, it's it's simpler than you think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you want to, you want them to cross over from death to life, mm-hmm. right? You don't want people to perish in their sin, man. Mm-hmm. You don't want that, but you realize and you recognize that the word of God is true. So you affirm the truth of scripture that we, we talk about two classes of people, those who have crossed over from death to life, those who have been brought into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then those who have not, they're still in the domain of darkness. Mm-hmm. That's how the Bible describes them. We were those people guys. Like we were those people. We were in the domain That's of right. darkness. That's we right. were subjected to whatever darkness had for us yeah. living our life like that. Right. And even if, well, I won't go too far into that. Okay. So before we do that, I want to share a story with you that I read over the weekend that I thought, let me get to it here that I thought was really, really interesting, especially around the topic of when he is fully trained. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there are, a lot of news stories being written about Bill and Melinda Gates and their divorce. Uh, Okay. There's, there are many, many stories. I have skimmed some of them. Um, I have seen some stories that suggest, you know, all kinds of reasons for this divorce. Right. Right. And I mean, and, and the stories range from the, you know, the greatest and and juiciest conspiracy, you know, stories. (laughs) Okay. Um, and then the others are like, you know, pop, whatever gossip stuff, you know what I mean? All of yeah. those things. And, but there, and, and then everything in between, but I was reading one story in particular and the kind of stuff that stands out to me stood out to me in this, in this article. And, and I want to share this with you. Okay. So Bill and Melinda Gates were married in 1994 and they have three children, um, a son who is 21 and uh, two daughters, ages 25 and 18. Now, when they started having children, I want you to listen to this, okay? <laughs> because this is the kind of stuff that you could miss in all of like, you know, just the juicy gossip of like, oh my goodness, they're getting a divorce. What does this mean for stocks and trade and all of these things? Okay, you know, so you could miss this, but I want you to listen to this. So at the time that they started having children, um, Melinda Gates chose to be a stay-at-home mom this is in the story in the article that i was reading she chose uh, let me in fact let me read it to you here this is a people uh people magazine article and this is the section uh it's a pretty lengthy article but it it says bill enjoyed doing the family's dishes i don't care about that (laughs) okay i don't care about that but here is the article i'm going to quote it for you here uh read it after tying the knot on the hawaiian Island of Lanai, I guess is how you say it. I don't go to Hawaii much ever. <laughs> um, on January 1st, 1994, Bill and Melinda Gates went on to have three kids, sons Rory John, uh, or son Rory John, 21, daughters Phoebe, Adele, 18, and Jennifer Catherine, 25. All right. Though Melinda chose to be a stay-at-home mom while Bill remained CEO of Microsoft, she told CBS's Sunday morning in 2017 that they made sure to have an equal partnership. Now pay attention, lean in on this part. Quote, he was surprised. He was definitely surprised, Melinda said of her choice to focus on the family's home life. Quote, but I said to him, you know, it just doesn't make sense. You can't be the CEO and go as hard as you're going. And somebody has to be at home, right? We didn't want our children raised by somebody else, I Mm. said. You know, 
if we want them to have the values we have, somebody has to be home, end quote. Now, what's interesting to me about that is so often when you have these conversations about the great need for us to influence our children and to have impact on our children, you meet people who bristle at that and they make you feel like you're trying to start a cult or they make you feel like, well, we've been doing this and it's worked and, you know, and people just immediately get (laughs) so upset. But here you have these quote unquote brilliant people Mm -hmm. who are building this, they're building this master plan, you know, Mm. listen to some stories or whatever. Um, But these people make this decision that here is Melinda Gates, who I believe if if I'm remembering what I've read, I've read a bunch of different stuff, but she was working in the company and and that's how he met her and and whatever. But she's got, quote unquote, a career. Mm -hmm. And when they start having kids, she decides, well, look, okay, you've got to run this thing. You can't be distracted. You, you, you're, you know, yeah, you, you got populations to control. I'm sorry. That's not fair. (laughs) That's not fair. <laughs> Let me continue. Let me just the facts. Look, oh. just the <laughs> just the facts, ma'am. That's the facts, ma'am. Just the that, that those. <laughs> that's right. He is buying up a bunch of farmland. Number one. Number one. Anyways, um, but she says, but somebody has to be at home. I don't want our kids raised by somebody else. If we want them to have the values, and she even calls it values. If we want them to have the values that we have, then one of us has to be there. Now, now, why do these people understand that? <laughs> why? And, and then and, and isn't it amazing because they seem to be it seems to be such it, it seems to be very noble to say we want to impart to our kids our values. Mm. But when it comes down to Christian parents. Too often what it has been in the past. Now, I believe this is shifting because I think more and more parents are able to see what's really going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't think that we're under any delusion anymore. I think that maybe in some ways we were sort of under a cloud and we expected better. And so we thought it can't be what, you know, what these people are saying here on the radios (laughs) all the time. It can't be. But now you see it clearly. Yeah. Right. Okay. But they understood that if we want our kids to value what we value. Mm hmm. And I hesitate to even call it value, but if we want them to be like us. Somebody got to be at home. One of us. <laughs> Why? Because when they're fully trained, they're going to be like the one who trained them. Mm. So we can't just like, you know, off that off to somebody else. We have to do that. Yeah. Guys, now come on now. Come on now. Wow. All right. The question or the statement when he is fully trained. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. I believe God sent the saints around the world to tell the people about his name. That his son was slain so that we could be forgiven. There's eternal life for believing and repenting. With that in mind, I'm called to go. With that in mind, I'm called to go. It's deeper than Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Tone Spain. We'll go outside. Sherry B and Jay Mack are on tap helping us navigate the show. We're going to get to the phone lines in the last segment, get your take on some of what we are uh, discussing today when he is fully trained, when mm-hmm. he is fully trained. Uh, people used to say things like, well, you can't, you, you can't raise your kid in a bubble. Yeah. 
they're gonna you know you yeah. and 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 then they you know told you the ridiculous things about um not trying to control your kids thinking and and not trying to shape them but allowing them to make their own decisions you know um n- not being too controlling kids need to be free to make their own decisions and and the interesting thing is that the whole time that they were telling you this, mm-hmm. they were actually controlling your kids. Right. So you, you, they don't want you to do it, but they want to do it. Exactly How does right. That go? Exactly. Yes. You that's know? exactly. They want to make the decisions. They tell you um, not to make the decisions, but then they make the decisions. They tell you not to give your kid your values, mm. to allow your kid to decide his or her own values. You know, to allow them to grow and to allow the kind of like peer to peer influence that is going to make this uh, country the beautiful melting pot or tossed salad that it is just to allow. And all of these things um, sounded really fun. And so we submitted to them unknowingly. Right. Like we just thought, well, you know, I do want to raise well-rounded children, Um, but they never showed you the tools that they were using to round the children. Uh. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like saying we want to, you know, kids need to be well-rounded. And it's like, uh, (laughs) show me what's in your hand. You know what I mean? Like they never, Mm -hmm. they never show you. They don't show you. No, you you don't need to see that. You don't need to see that. You don't need to (laughs) to know what we're rounding them Mm -hmm. with when Mm -hmm. what you are supposed to be tasked with you as the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're supposed to be rounding. If there's to be any rounding, you're shaping with the word of God. Amen. That's 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 how you shape character. That's how you give a kid his or her bearings. You use the word of God. I say, man, and I know it's like Mickey's on repeat, but I I just can't stress it enough. (laughs) Even when your kid comes to you and asks you a question and you know the answer. And even if you're going to root the answer in a paraphrase of scripture, Mm -hmm. which is totally acceptable. I mean, I think that that's like the highest aim to be able to provide um, biblical answers for your kids at the drop of a hat. Like they come to you and, you know, maybe you can't remember the exact passage, but you can remember sort of like a paraphrase. Here's what I strongly recommend. Resist the temptation to make yourself the source of information so that, you know, you kind of get like those those smart points in in the moment you just, well, you know, that's because young lad. And then you break out into kind of paraphrasing scripture and the kid's like, huh? Okay. What you should always do is say, the Bible has something to say about that. Mm. You know, I can't remember exactly where the, the passage is, but I'm going to paraphrase it for you. It says something to the effect of, and now what have you done? What you have done is that you have acknowledged the sufficiency of scripture. The Bible is totally sufficient for the things that you need. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, the Bible is totally sufficient. And so now what you're doing is you're teaching your kid to refer to scripture when you're not around. When you're not around, then your kid realizes that, you know what, I actually have a source and my source Hmm. is not my parents. And one of the things that I appreciate and love about my parents is that they direct me to the source. And so what are you doing? You are creating kids who will grow up one day and be independent of you, but will realize and recognize that they are never independent of God. Independent of you, but dependent on the scriptures. Amen. And the word of God. And, Amen. And God. Yeah. And that's what you want. So listen, so folks, these people are shaping your kids. Yeah. And, and, and I will say this to families who um, have their kids and maybe like a private school context, or maybe you're educating them at home. Um, it's not, you're, you're not hands off. You're not on autopilot. You still have to be very vigilant because the shaping is not only in the education system. It's also in media and entertainment. Yes, right? big time. 
So the shaping is there. It's everywhere. So we have to work harder than these people. And these people work hard. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, and we put, say, you heard me. And look, put, yeah. <laughs> and put <laughs> resources, man. They don't mind yeah. putting some change behind, yeah. you know, pushing what they want. That's exactly you know? right. That's exactly right. So this article was sent to us by our, uh, our brother Tony and Metri. And uh, this is just really interesting, but at the same time, it shouldn't be surprising because whenever you see that things are pushed or ignored in our public school context, if pushed or ignored, then you've got people behind this who agree with it. Mm -hmm. They agree with it. There's something that's broken in them. All right. Like, let's just let's they always want you to call stuff out. Let's just call it out. When you have adults who are okay with the sexualization of children. When you have adults who are okay with normalizing sexual rebellion and deviancy and they're, they're okay with normalizing um, rebellion against parents and cloaking things in secrecy. When you have, when you have adults who are pushing that there is something broken in them. Come on now. There's something wrong with them. Let's not, let's not keep making these people normal. All right. Because you know what they were doing a few years in the culture. They were saying that something was wrong with the Christians. They're all, they're so buttoned up and, you know, they just, they're all, you know what they are, they're repressed. Mm-hmm. That's what they, they're all like secret closeted. You know what they used to say. Yep. All right. So let's just, um, let's just explore the possibilities that maybe these people are what they accused us of. And oh, you know, but now, you know, they, they don't have to hide. <laughs> so here you have this one public school system. This is in Bellingham, which I've been, Bellingham is beautiful. Bellingham, Washington. Washington. Um, a parent complained about a first grade teacher who was reading books promoting, and I'm just reading the article here, pro LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender views to her students. And the teacher and the school district uh, board repeatedly refused to address the parents' concerns, according to Young America's Foundation. The school district board's president, you might be interested to note, uh, let me give a disclaimer. If you're if you're younger and you're listening, this is probably not suitable for younger listeners. So you probably should turn it off or ask your mom to listen first and then let you know if you can listen. Yeah. If you're listening with your younger kids, I would say probably don't listen with them now because of the nature of what I'm going to discuss, which again, which again is kind of interesting because we're talking about elementary school kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's really, really sad. But again, it is your responsibility to introduce topics to your kids, not not ours. Right. And so we don't want to violate your trust. All right. So having given that disclaimer. um, The school district, the school district board's president. um, Runs a quote unquote all ages sex shop. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I want you to make sure that you understand. Now, I won't even tell you she has an Instagram profile that since this Daily Caller story um, broke, she set to private. Okay. (laughs) So she was getting a lot of hits over there on her Instagram. So she set it to private, but it still lists her, her description. Okay. I cannot even say to you on air how the school board president lists her description. Cause it would well, well beyond make you blush just, okay. How she, but she runs, she runs and it's called all ages sex shop. Mm -hmm. 
The name of the shop, or it's described as all ages sex shop, but the name of the shop is Wink Wink. <laughs> now, the, the, the problem is, is that you have a parent who reaches out to a teacher asking whether or not the teacher is reading this type of material in the first grade class. Mm-hmm. And the teacher actually responds acknowledging, yes, we received your email. Um, Yes, we are reading these materials. Okay. So then the parent escalates her (laughs) concern. Mm -hmm. And it is ignored. Well, just a little bit of digging reveals that the reason it is ignored, reaching even the school board, it's ignored. The president of the school board runs an all-ages sex shop. Now, here's something else that's crazy. As I was reading this article further, the other thing that's crazy to me is that the president of this Bellingham public school system, mm-hmm. the, the school board, right? The president of the school board here um, also lists herself as one who has counseled people who have suffered sexual trauma. Hmm. Wait, 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 what? Like, she counseled those who suffered sexual abuse and trauma. Mm. So according to the website for the Bellingham public school system, this president of the school board, Jen Mason has been the school board's president since 2017, having worked for 15 years on behalf of families and children including as a community educator and trauma counselor in public schools. I I don't know. I just think that if you run a sex shop for people of all ages, I'm just not sure I trust you with at the very least certain types of trauma. You know what I mean? And so this, this blanket description trauma counselor (laughs) I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a conflict of interest and maybe I'm just not thinking clearly here. Yeah. But I would guarantee that every time you dig into situations like this, you will discover that behind all of the agendas that are being pushed Mm -hmm. behind even curricular uh, selection, I would say you're dealing with people who have some type of unhealthy. Yeah. And some may even say unnatural affection. You know, I'm thinking about a conversation with uh, Senator Hill on I think it was Friday. Thursday or Friday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, Thursday. Yeah. I think, she, if I'm not mistaken, then she mentioned about the school boards. Like, yes. you got to keep a careful watch out for who's on those boards because sometimes yes. they can get in there and they're the most activist person, you know, in, in the community. Come you on. wouldn't even know as a parent, like, who, if you're not involved, who's yep. serving on these boards and you have somebody like this, you know, who's the president of the <laughs> school board. And it's like, man, you have to really... This is like a, a vigilant time. You know, yes. you have to really have your eagle eye out <laughs> as, That's you, right. as you, you know, watch over your, your children in these schools. From dog catcher, I've heard it said, to president of the United States, it all matters. Yeah. And too often we overlooked, we overlook what is happening locally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. We don't pay attention to what's happening locally because we feel like that's not where the big fish are. Mm. But, but actually... Even though the fish may be small, they're the ones that swim closest to your kids. Come on, <laughs> you understand? I mean, right? Yeah, like you're right. You, you know, you're right. I mean, that those are the ones. 
that you need right. to know. Those are the ones that you need to care about. When our kids were in school, I went down to the school. Mm-hmm. You understand? I wanted to know who their teachers were. I wanted to know who was in administration. I and And it's not because I'm like trying to control everything. Possibly. <laughs> not that. It's just... I'm I am I am bringing my kid to a situation where for 8 hours they were outside of my care so as best I could I'm trying to know who they know. Mm-hmm. I want to know who is tasked with teaching them. Now listen, and so when I say this and why do I say that because I think when whenever somebody learns that you're educating your kid at home they think that you can't connect. Oh, you don't understand. You don't know. No, I, we've had our kids educated in, in three different contexts. We've done private school. We've done public school and now homeschool. Yeah. And so we, we kind of have a front row seat to all of it. And, and, and ultimately where we came to rest was that, you know what? When a disciple is fully trained, he's going to be like his teacher. That's and right. so the question is, who do I want my kids to be like? That's right. That's right. Who do I want my kids to be like? So if you want your kids and and look, this is not just where we educate them, but this is also their peers. Yeah. You've got little kids in the neighborhood. You've got your kids have friends and you notice character issue in some of your kids friends. Rather than shaking your head and being like, oh, my goodness, maybe you need to step in and be like, now, now, hold on a second here. You're starting to act. Like, You're starting to take on some of this, you know, like this, yeah. this ad. Look, I, I say, you know, because <laughs> there are people who have said, oh, man, I have so much respect for people who educate their kids at home because I could never spend all day with my kids. And I would challenge you. I don't think that's true. Hmm. I don't think that's true. I think you could never spend all day with other people's kids and you see that reflected in your kid. Mm. A lot of what you're dealing wow. with, a lot of the rebellion and the attitude has been picked up. New Orleans, we say learnt. It's been <laughs> it's been learnt because of proximity mm-hmm. and because of being around these peers. And so kids pick this up and then you start to slowly be unable to recognize them. And you're like, oh, I just can't deal with it. Now, look, don't get me wrong. It's systemic. These little stinkers have their own little things that you have to. <laughs> right. It's not always somebody else's fault. Trust me, we know. It's a, it's right, right. They come by it. It's in there. But you DNA. make a, a good point. You know yeah. the influence that's there. You might not even be dealing with because you look at it. And you're like, well, they didn't learn that here. Exactly. You know, we don't do that here. You no. know, and so you are dealing with what the effects of other kids. You know that are, what they're having on on your child. So you're wondering like where it comes from. Where that there you go. And again. When he is fully trained, the question is, who has access to your children? Who's training them? And this is going to tell you what kind of adults they will ultimately be. Mm. What they will accept, what they will believe, what their convictions will be. Remember, man, I cannot stress this enough. When we talk about how American children or how American Americans have forgotten God or how the public school system, you know, I hate to even say it this way, but ejected God. Remember, what we have found is that it's just each generation being less and less Christian. Each generation moving further and further away from God. So if we want to turn things around, somebody's got to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what? With this generation, we're going to do something different. Yeah, yeah. 
unless and until that happens, you're going to keep getting the same results. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. One more story than the phone lines. So stay right there. You've been my savior, sustainer when I'm at my end. My healer, redeemer again and again. My mother and my father, brother, sister, and friend. Everything I needed, Lord, you've always been. Everything I needed, Lord, you've always been. All right, welcome been. back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you allowing us to spend this hour with you and just talk out what's happening in the culture and hopefully encourage you to go back to the word of God, to use the straight edge and all of your engagement. Guys, we we should not and we must not be ashamed to live where it's prescriptive to live by the word of God. Um, I just, man, one of my heart's desires mm-hmm. is that every Christian will feel the boldness that is ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of Amen. God indwells you. Amen. That's not a neat, nifty little like, oh, guess who's in your heart? No, that <laughs> empowers you for service. You understand? Yeah. It's like, you, you you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know. Do we believe um, it? You know? I don't know. I, you know, it, now look, that doesn't mean that there's the absence of real sort of like we, we there there are times that we come up on situations mm-hmm. where we feel real fear. You know, we are facing things where it's like, but in those moments, that's where we recall, man, I mean, you know, truly, I believe that greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I I believe that, you know, and that's not a belief that's just, it makes my heart feel good. Right. You know, that's a belief based on knowing him. It's reality. That's right. So anyway, I I just want to see more Christians live that way. You know, you got to get at some point. Help us, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Welcome back. All right. Um, so this story mm-hmm. from Louisiana. Uh, stand up, Louisiana. Stand I mean, up. Y'all Shout look. Mm-hmm. Produce good food and people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here is this story also from the Daily Caller. Um, a teacher is sounding off on the ridiculous gender identity lessons at a school board meeting. A teacher. Can we have Leviathan teachers? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we should. (laughs) If you if you say I've been called to the the public school system or even private school teaching, if you say this is something God has called you to and and you're serious about that, you're like, man, I'm supposed to be here. Then you better Leviathan it. If you're going to if you're if there's a task that you have there in front of you, you can't just be there taking up space and saying I'm a Christian. Mm. Then you should be a Leviathan teacher. You know, Mm. I mean, I don't know. I'm just. Hey, why not? I'm, I am I don't know. I can't think of a reason. You just use why that not? word as a verb. I try to. I try to, <laughs> <laughs> I try to turn anything it. into a verb <laughs> um, just for effect. All right. So here we go. I hope I get his name right. You know how the Cajuns are. I don't know. I don't even know <laughs> if his name you, is Cajun. Like, um, he might be some, like Miki. Put some respect on my name. He might be like, oh, Miki, Miki. Um, Okay, here we go. Jonathan Capel, I think is how you say the name, Mm -hmm. a Louisiana high school teacher that went viral last month after objecting to his school's gender theory curriculum, spoke with a daily caller about his experience protesting the radical lessons. Capel spoke out against gender identity education during an April school board meeting. Mm. Do we have clips from the school board meeting? Well, we have what he said. What he said, like just him speaking out, right? Yeah, it's him speaking out. Let's let's run it. Here we go. Moby and Orbot. They are my best friends. Actually, yeah, they can be used as a singular pronoun, too. 
Like if you said, I'm going to see my friend, I could ask, where do they live? Since I don't know your friend's gender identity. And some individuals prefer they as a pronoun. Like meet or bot, they are my best friend. We got kids that can't read and write, and then we're going to teach them incorrect grammar. I mean, it's ridiculous, okay? Who, who gave permission to talk about this? There's two genders. If you're born with a and you have testicles, that's just anatomy. You're a male. If you have a and ovaries, you're a female. A man cannot menstruate. A man cannot lactate and breastfeed a child. You cannot give birth if you're a man. If you want to be an adult and do whatever you want with your life, I'm okay with that. Don't push this ideology on children. I'm not going to work in a district that's okay with that. You need to make a clear statement on how many genders are there because parents, are they're, they're already pulling their kids out of public school. They're doing homeschool options. They're going online. It's going to increase as this liberal ideology comes into our schools. This isn't a political indoctrination camp, okay? It's public education. We want to teach education, not left-wing ideas that aren't backed up by facts or science. Thank you. Oh, he Leviathan that thing. Man, man. I let me tell you what. <laughs> now let me let me let me say something in defense of Jonathan Capel. The yeah. only reason we beeped, it's not because he said anything vulgar. Right. He, he actually used the the literal words for anatomy, but we just, you right. know, we're trying not to offend people unnecessarily. Right, all right? right. Like, and so I don't want you to think that he cussed or anything like right, that. He right. didn't, but we just kind of go back and forth, like, ah, should we play in it? You know? And right. so we decided not to. But don't take that bleeping, as he said, a bad word. Right. He used a biological word, okay, yeah. which hopefully is not offensive. But let me say something. When you listen to him, first of all, he's Cajun. You can hear it. Because <laughs> he did not say gender. He said genders. <laughs> you got you got two genders, all right? Like he's, okay. But but the other thing is, man, when I listened to him, I heard like hype horns. <laughs> Some. All you need is just a few people who are going to care a little bit, mm. who are going to be willing mm. to stand up in the arena, so to speak, and say, man, you know, call for the dogs. <laughs> you know, I and, and, and you don't have to be like going for your moment. You know, that doesn't have to be in your mind like this is my moment. It's just got to be birthed from uh, from care. Mm. Like it's got to come from a place where you're just like, look, OK, like like Jonathan Cable said. You already got kids who can't read. Now we're going to teach them improper grammar. <laughs> no R. <laughs> but, but, but listen, his point is well made. Yeah. You're supposed to be educating children, right. not indoctr indoctrinating them in left-wing politics. Right. That's exactly what they are doing. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Five eight nine eight eight four zero. While the calls are uh, getting queued up, I'll go back to this story here because Capel uh, was criticizing something specific here. It's a uh, an app that's used mm -hmm. in school by uh, students. It's called Brain Pop, and I wanted to make sure to get that information out to you because Man, I don't know if that. you that's crazy have any kids that are using that, <laughs> you know. And and so that's something important to pay attention to. It's Brain Pop. And they're using that for teaching about gender identity and wow. personal pronouns. And in fact, that's what you heard as the clip started. Okay. That's the information or the indoctrination that's making its way to kids. And then you heard Capel saying, this is foolishness. This is ridiculous. But see, even um, that is like a sneaky, you know, it's like, yeah. man, you know, no teachers, you don't have to teach them, you know, just 
make sure they have this app and it goes through all the stuff that, you know. So I'm glad that Mr. Capel said something. I'm like, yeah. you know, first him being a teacher. I mean, come yep. on. That that yep. right there is big. But him not just saying, well, I'm not really teaching it. Well, I ain't going to worry you know, about it. It's yeah. an app on it. Like, man, man you know, it's just... Like I said, they find ways to get their agenda pushed, no matter what it takes. Resources, technology, Come they're going to get it in your face. And it's like, man, you know, we have to be vigilant on our end as Christians yep. with our children because the enemy is he's not relenting. Come you know? on. Come on. You know, that is, as I recall, my time in public school, uh, K-12. All right. That is what I recall as the type of teacher that stood out in my mind, you know, you, Mm. you could always tell when you had teachers who cared, I had teachers who would tell me that's not your best work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had teachers who would tell me, no, you, you can do better, which again, we talked here over the last few days about critical race theory, infiltrating public schools and private schools. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now teachers are not even going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to say you can do better. Because that reveals their implicit <laughs> biases. On, but man. what we see coming from Jonathan Capel in Louisiana, by the way, he's only been a teacher three years. That's probably good. He has man. Indoctrinated. He's <laughs> like, no, man, we're not doing it, you know. Um, but to me, that is the kind of teaching that brought passion to work. Like, no, we're supposed to be educating our kids. Yeah. It's not our job to give them these radical ideologies. Like we're supposed to be teaching them how to read, teaching them how to write, how to have their subjects and their verbs agree, mm-hmm. how to use their prepositions and all of these things. Like, you know, this is old school teaching to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I kind of feel like we need, <laughs> We need to make that great again. Like old school teaching, <laughs> old school teaching. needs to make a comeback, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, the great. Oh, no, go I was ahead. Say, that's the thing, too. I, you know, I, I, I'm encouraged by governors who are standing up and saying that we're banning this or we're not doing this. You know, come on. Uh, they're, they're standing against this, at least. You know, I, I'm encouraged. Didn't we have by, another state that rejected critical race theory. I think it was Iowa. Iowa. OK. Yeah. Yep. So it's. They're I think growing. people are, are, are being more informed about what this stuff is and, and, and you're having people stand against it, you know. But what I love to see is the parent, you mm-hmm. know, that goes to the school board meeting or whatever it may be and say, we don't want this. I don't want my child learning this stuff. So, Absolutely. Yeah. We need to see it more and more. We, we can't do anything less than that. Well, the great. Shall we go to the phone lines? All right. Let's go to Karen in Texas. Hi, Karen. Hey, Will. Hello. Uh, I was telling uh, the call screener that I love, I love it when you and Miki, uh, you bring out the the uh, intonations of people's, uh, the way they speak in different parts of the country. <laughs> that has always been, that is so, I love it because we Aww. do speak differently than others, you know, and sometimes, you know, I would teach my children, they're grownups now. But I would teach them, well, we don't talk like that. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, we don't say, uh, well, I'm just trying to think of, you know, something that, that might be said. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we speak differently than other folks, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. We, and I love that. I love that it's about beautiful. our country. That's right. Yes. And I love you and Will. You always make me laugh and, and you make me think. And um, make me pray. 
Oh, thank you, Karen. Well, thank you, Karen. God bless you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Joshua in Arkansas. Hi, Joshua. How you doing, sir? Doing great. Yes. Um, Well, I was driving. I was just driving uh, back from work, and I was just, like, um, led to open the radio and to listen to what is um, going on today. Then I heard um, about the, you know, the gender identity and the, you know, the racial nonsense that is being taught in our schools today. You know, um, like a place in the scriptures that says, when the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? Mm -hmm. You see, we can't um, cut off the branch of a tree and we can't, um, before we go deep down to the root. Mm -hmm. Because the root of the matter is what we need to go deep down to. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you know that whatever happens in the home is what will happen in the nation? Mm. If you have a broken home, you will have a broken nation. Come on. That is the the problem of the matter. You see, the church, which is the hope of the world, we have lost our responsibility and we are giving up our authority to the government. Mm-hmm. Mm. You see, it is good when we talk about you know, social injustice and political injustice without going deep down root into the spiritual injustice, which is the ultimate priority. Because we have forgotten that the weapon of our warfare, it is not what we can see. Mm-hmm. Come on. Because we are in the end of days. And Jesus is coming soon. Amen. And Satan is waiting one seriously because he knows that his end is at hand. Hmm. And that is the reason why if he can capture the home mm-hmm. and if he can capture the church and everything is over. You see, all the things going on right now in most of the confused teachers and confused students, they have, they have an issue with their background from their home. Look at take take a survey and look at like more than eighty five percent of these people having these issues. They have issues with their home. I was looking at the uh... hello. Did we lose? Did we lose Jonathan yeah. or Joshua? Yeah. Oh man, Joshua! I was <laughs> man. Yeah, I man. Know. Look, I was I was. Fully engaged. You were spot on. Yeah. All right. You were spot on. And this is the kind of warning. Mm-hmm. This is the type of encouragement that we need to all heed. Yeah. Man, he was God has given us point. incredible tasks. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Will. No, I was just saying he was on point. You know what he was saying, that the spiritual nature of what's going on. We can never forget that because that's exactly what it is. And when we surrender our homes, you know, then where, where, where do we go? You know, Come on. the enemy has it. So Come he's, on. he's right on point, man. I know I would, I'm so tempted to, well, no, we can't. I was tempted to try to squeeze in one more call, but it's just not going to happen. Um, I will say this. Listen, if we are asking the question, what will our children be like? What will our grandchildren be like? Um, you know, Senator Hill said, I don't want this being taught to my grandkids, you know, right. and, and there's a there's a huge portion of our listeners who are like, well, my kids are not in school anymore, but my grandkids are. Mm. We've got to be involved. Yeah. We've got to be engaged. And somebody's got to start speaking out more frequently 
like like this teacher in Louisiana, right? Like these Leviathan parents yeah. who are saying, no, you're not going to indoctrinate our kids. What will they be like when they're fully trained? That's the question. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.